Hello and welcome to the Redeem the Dream podcast. This is Dan Marsden and today's episode is actually part four of our five-part series called Starving in America, What Being Hungry Has Taught Me, where each time I detail out um, something that I've learned uh, throughout my years here in the U.S. so far where I've struggled with hunger or food insufficiency and then something that I've learned throughout that process. So this is my fourth story, my fourth principle. And really, at this point, the fourth thing that I really learned from being hungry in America is that it can make you feel completely worthless, can make you feel unwanted, like you're in everyone's way, and in essence, a complete failure. And that really kicks in when you struggle with that stuff as you get a little bit older even. So when you're in your late 20s or early 30s and you're still struggling with hunger or food insufficiency, you get to a point where it really, really knocks on your your self-worth or your identity, unfortunately, and it can really, man, just just wreck you if you're not careful. So in 2008, um, I was about, well, shoot, I was 28 years old, and at at, at that time, uh, an old college friend of mine invited me to move to Eugene, Oregon to help him with his church plant. I was living in Colorado at the time with not much going for me, so so I thought to myself, hey, why not? Why not move out there and give it a shot? And so I actually took everything took everything I owned. I didn't have a car anymore. I was completely broke and just scraped up the money for a little flight and packed my bags, everything I owned fit in a couple of bags and moved to Eugene, Oregon where I helped my friend with this church plant. He stayed in a two-bedroom apartment with his wife and he was gracious enough to let me and one other guy actually crash out in his office which was, you know, one of the bedrooms in his in his apartment he turned into his office. And so I slept there on what I call my carpet bed. Literally didn't have a mattress or anything. I just had a little sheet that I could almost fold up and fit uh, fit in my pocket. So it was kind of funny. So at nighttime, we just spread out those little sheets and, and sleep there. And so, uh, you know, he fed us and, and we helped getting, the, getting that whole thing going. It was a small church at the time. We started with five, six, seven people or so in his living room and today that church has blossomed and grown to several thousand people however after a while i actually got a little job as a pest control person and moved out with the other guy that slept uh, on the carpet next to me in, in his office and we got a little apartment there in eugene and um doing pest control was a rough job and i had to crawl underneath people's crawl spaces and spray these toxic chemicals and scrape out dead animals it was nasty <laughs> i for one definitely hated it but it was the best thing i could get in 2008 there was a huge downturn in the economy and so any job was hard to get at that time so that's what i did however after a while i got so sick spraying those chemicals that one time i was coughing so hard at night where i actually felt like i almost had to call 911 and so that was my sign to quit that job because it was just so toxic for my health after that point i just couldn't find anything else anymore. I couldn't find another job. And there's times where I just didn't have enough to eat. Thankfully, there were some friends that I've made throughout that time that would hook me up with some groceries or invite me over for, for dinner on a more regular basis to, to help me out on the food front. But it was just getting really embarrassing to be 28 years old, 27, 28 years old, and still be struggling with that and feeling, you know, just not feeling, but being in a situation where I just couldn't feed myself and so I had to leave Eugene after a while because I just couldn't afford helping out with that church plant anymore and you know I just didn't have 
didn't have the funds to support myself. So I decided to move back down to San Jose, California, where I went to college. Because one of, one of my friends that I had down there said I could crash for free on his carpet <laughs> next to him on his little one-bedroom studio kind of apartment that he had in Mountain View, California. So I moved down there and got a little spot on his carpet next to him and uh, his pit bull called Moses, who actually bit off his finger, and he still kept him. So that's a loyal dog owner right there. <laughs> and so, man, I I was, I remember just being so depressed, so depressed being in that situation, thinking, man, here I am. 28 years old sleeping on someone's carpet next to next to their bed in their one bedroom studio apartment and without you know his generosity I'd straight up be homeless and not knowing where my next meal would come from really quite often and it's just it just sucks and so I I had to get a job of course and ended up getting something at a burger joint a very popular burger joint in California called In-N-Out Burger which actually is a, a great company to work for, especially if you're in high school or you like that industry and you can work your way up. But if you're 28, at that point almost 29 years old, and you're working there alongside a bunch of high schoolers, you don't exactly feel like a winner. I looked fairly young, so a lot of times you know, I was mistaken as still being in college or in high school myself. I remember one time I was picking up the trash, sweeping up the trash outside on the parking lot when a lady came up to me and said, what are they paying you high school kids these days? And at that point, <laughs> I definitely was 29 years old, working alongside a bunch of high schoolers, sweeping up trash at a burger joint, thinking to myself, man, what happened to me? How did how did this happen to me? Of course, I didn't have a car, so I had to take the public bus to work and then, you know, walk from the bus station. And a lot of times I would work late so the buses don't really run that that late that often, maybe once every 90 minutes after 1 in the morning. And so oftentimes I'd have to wait 90 minutes for the next bus after I worked a long shift, and it was late. And so I remember one time, it was about 1 in the morning or so, and I got off work and I was waiting at the bus stop and didn't really feel like waiting when an SUV pulled up and rolled down their window and said, hey, how do I get to to Palo Alto and so I said hey just keep going down El Camino which is that big strip that the internet was on and eventually it'll take you to Palo Alto so he said oh you going that direction I said yeah sure say you want to jump in my car and of course you know dumb me I actually jumped in this dude's car figuring it'd be all right and we started driving next thing you know this dude turns out being some kind of homosexual or transvestite molester guys try to come on to me and try to get me to go some transvestite party with him and try to do some funny stuff with me when I finally was like, look, dude, you got to pull over, let me out of here, or else I would have literally beat the crap out of this dude. And, you know, thankfully I knew I probably could beat the crap out of him, and he ended up pulling over. <laughs> I got out of the car and walked the rest of the way, and I was like, dude, this is disgusting, man. So it's it's just one of those things, man, where, you know, th- those things happen to you in those situations. And throughout that time, man, like I said, it just made me feel worthless like I was in someone's way of course after a while I got on this guy's nerves this poor guy that let me stay in in his little one room studio and I was just I, I just didn't have anywhere to go and so when you're in that situation where for one you don't really even have enough money to feed yourself you don't have enough money to go get a place and it, it really it really sucks it's not because you're necessarily lazy it's just because 
you're just not making the money or you're not in that situation. Eventually, I did move out and things got a tad bit better. But during that stretch, I really felt worthless. I felt like I was in everyone's way. And that, man, that was a complete failure. And, of course, when you're in those situations, of course, no girl will ever be interested in you, <laughs> you know, when you're going through that stuff. So that is that is a fact. And so that's really what another thing that I've learned when you're hungry. And there's really nothing that can really prepare you for those situations as you go through them, except for that the hope that we have in Christ that, that keeps you going, as always. And per usually, I like, uh, per usual, I like to share a little verse here um, as I end my stories in regards to hunger. And this time I got Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, and it says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not walk, grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And that's always been a really, really encouraging scripture to me when we're going through things that we just don't understand. And especially if you're in that situation right now where you're, where you're in, in limbo and you're in a situation where you're really struggling with, with feeding yourself in America. And it's a real thing, as we, as we talked about in the last several episodes. And so I just want to encourage you to look to verses like this. And as always, I'd love to hear someone else's story with that struggle. Feel free to email me at dan at redeem-the-dream.org. Really, really, really would love to hear your story and see what it taught you, what you learned, how it made you feel, how you got out of it and how people related to you and spoke to you while you were going through that. A lot of times it almost feels like you're like a Job kind of person where you're going through that and friends are actually really starting to tell you, man, what's wrong with you? Why, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Is this happening to you over and over again because of your poor choices? All these things will be directed towards you sometimes. It happened to me. It happened to me during that time, and it doesn't help. It's not encouraging. You need people that lift you up in those times and help you take that next step and that next step and really, more than anything, just to walk with us and walk with you in those situations and and help you see the light at the end of the tunnel and knowing that, as we always mention on this podcast, that as we hang on to the hope that we have in Christ, we hang on to Jesus, eventually we'll get through it and we'll get to that next step and we'll get to that next opportunity and we'll get through it. And if you're going through this right now, you will get through it, but... I'm sure you can relate that this is the type of stuff that especially as you struggle with this when you're older, when you're in your 20s, 30s and beyond, it does make you feel like you don't have a lot to contribute to the world and that, you know, you're maybe in a hopeless situation. So be encouraged because you're never in a hopeless situation. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep fighting as you go through this and understand that this type of pain is only temporary. And uh, man, a great opportunity is just right around the corner as you keep making the next right decision, the next right decision. So God bless you. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate you all. Let me get this off my chest and share my thoughts in regards to lessons I've learned from being hungry, starving in America. We got one more episode to go with this topic, and then we'll move on to some other great topics as well and plenty of more great interviews. Again, God bless you all, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>